1: I'm going to speak to contradictory concepts today, both both in the room title and also through where the evolution of this conversation I anticipate is going to go. Because that was actually what God was speaking to me about before I knew the room title this morning. And I do not see my girl Jeannie Snyder in the room. She usually is today, so I will shout her out that this was. A seed she planted with me uh, when we first started working together earlier this year. And it's her zone of genius. So I'm going to go down just the lens that um, has been revealed to me. But she actually teaches this in a corporate setting. She teaches this um from stage. She's brilliant at taking two contradictory concepts and bringing life to them and actually nurturing the concept. So when I didn't know the title of the word this morning or the title of the room this morning, I was processing, like, contradictory concepts. Like, what are you trying to say? And, you know, people might question like, did God give you that word? Right? Well, like it literally was the first thing that popped into my mind when I woke up this morning and I did not go to sleep thinking about contradictory concepts, y'all. So I think there's that curiosity of like a God prompting or an intuition or a God wink or the thoughts of our, you know, subconscious when we're sleeping. Um, So whether you're your faith is aligned in that way or not, to me, I feel like when I sleep, that's an opportunity for God to speak to me most because it's when I'm most silent and um, most present. And so I'm like processing what this means. And I actually am living in a space of contradictory. I'm living in a space that, that I can be on a mountaintop in one moment in the mirror, and then I'm in a valley in another top time in the mirror. And I've brought my brother, Anthony Hart, up here to join me because there's just so much synchronicity in the way that he brings um, breath to words and breath to concepts. And so um, I love partnering with him and working with him in so many different ways, but this is this knowing it's the knowing that you can be both you can be living in that high and low you can be experiencing that yin yang you can be experiencing the mountain and the valley but the through line i believe is your value and the truth to that value comes to life in both seasons and so yes while my smile is something that people identify me as the joy is something people identify me as It also was a part of the depth of my deepest despair. And it was a mask that I wore. And so there was still this essence of desire of joy and yet it became more of an illusion to me where I wasn't able to recognize myself in the mirror, Or and now I can see full and well when I see pictures of myself in my 20s. I can see the brokenness behind that smile versus it almost feels like I have a totally different smile in pictures now. So how does this correlate to core values of the rich and the famous? Well, right when I jump into the room, The first song that comes to mind was a song that was revealed to me by a Canadian I met on a cruise ship when I was 16 years old. And when you're 16 on a cruise ship with a bunch of family members, like, and you have all this freedom that you've never actually had before because I was yet to drive. It was 16 in three months. They instilled that and I was yet driving. So it felt like I was just taking on this whole city, right? I meet this guy and he is listening to this song on repeat that I had never heard before. Dora, don't get mad at me, it's only gonna be a snippet, so it's allowed, but listen. <laughs> so this is a song by Good Charlotte, and that's immediately what came to my head and it made me smile. But simultaneous, if you've ever watched that music video, they're like behind bars, there's like the police you know, patrol going, there's so much taking place and we know, from what I have always perceived the rich and the famous as. I don't immediately think to Elon Musk or Richard Branson or any of these people that we were speaking to, because I see them as leaders um, and I don't see them as the same tabloid rich and the famous that this song is speaking to, or my millennial generation grew up to the MTV and the tabloids. And so I rejected the concept immediately. But then I recognize that there's a lot of contradictory concepts between both Elon Musk and the people that I see as leaders on into the famous. And so people that I was immediately drawn to in this conversation of what core values do they hold is the through line of people like Gandhi and Mother Teresa and Martin Luther King Jr. and Jesus. And I'm looking up the values that they held. And we know things like peace and harmony and um, you know nonviolence and faith and love and hope. And I want to hear from you all um, in, in the next latter part of this conversation after I hear from Anthony on what do you think about the contradictory concepts, the through line of value when you're both in the high and the low? Because I feel like that's when we really see the true colors of someone. Anthony, brother, I know you're over there rubbing the chinny chin hair of your amazing beard. I want to hear what you've got to say.
2: Hmm. Yes. Yeah, so I was trying to think when you were talking about the highs and the lows, I went to my boot camp moment. So I spent 21 years in the Navy. And I, I remember you always train for anything you're doing. You don't train in the higher moment or the low moment. You train in just this nominal place and it, that space. And when you're doing it, a lot of times you're complaining about, like, why are we doing this now? There's nothing coming. You know, there's no war here. All the things when you begin to train for what lies ahead or, to train for those moments in the middle of the night when you get woken up. And it's because they want you to train in this medium. They wanna get things into you now and to, and to really get in you to understand why you do it. So when this thing happens, when you're on this high, you can operate with knowledge and wisdom of how to, to conquer that space. Or you're in the super low, you can always fall back on what you know. And as you talk about this, I think it's the same way because emotionally we can get all over the place. And our emotions creep in even on the highest high and the lowest low, we have to have some knowledge in there that can help us operate in those moments and not lose sight because the highs and lows do come quickly. And it may be a physical high today or a financial high accompanied by a emotional low. So establishing the, I believe these principles that you're talking about and, and getting them this baseline of who we are then Money doesn't change you. A financial high doesn't change you or a financial low doesn't change you. I think that's the problem with too many people. If you don't have some of these things in your life, when you get this high or you get this low, it begins to change who you are. And we become defined by the highs and the lows, not of who we are in the midst of the highs and the lows. I think you have to establish a character line, that baseline of who you are before you can ever experience those if you really are gonna weather those or succeed in those moments. I love that. And I, I, really
1: the example that you're talking to with the military and that boot camp experience, like they are technically drilling in that, that experience that even when you're in the low, when you're in the battle, like this is what you fall back to. You fall back to that you've done it before. You fall back to the fact that you're still breathing, you fall back to the fact that you have a brotherhood, sisterhood included, of course, you know, at your right hand to be able to lean on. Um, And for me, I think a lot of times when you see the isolation that occurs in the rich and the famous that's one element of value that is i think fundamental to us in a humanity sense is relationship the value of knowing that there has to be people in both seasons in both areas highs and lows that you can lean to but to recognize if we're isolated in those emotions if we're isolated in a predicament we can sometimes um, to refer to Matthew, it says like, no one can serve two masters. People will serve in the midst of their pit. They'll actually serve the the worry. They'll actually serve and continue to feed the doubt. They'll continue to feed the limiting beliefs. They'll continue to value the thing that's keeping them in that place so much so that it becomes their comfort zone. And then the antithesis of that, they're on the high point of their life and they start to value things like you were mentioning money, and that becomes an element of greed, and or they're they're focusing on uh, you know that fame element. Um, they love the recognition, and so there's there has to be just this baseline. And so I'm curious, Anthony, when you're navigating that for yourself, like how did you develop the baseline? I do think that it's something that is equipping us. We are being equipped. We are becoming. If you want to use my word that I use all the time, we're becoming this every single day, but. How have you developed your own values?
2: I think the biggest part for me, because, you know, being involved in ministry, I was raised a preacher's kid, so there was things that I watched and developed, but even when I got into adulthood, even though I saw successful, I put quotations around that, uh, minister, as I'd witnessed uh, my dad, who's a very good pastor, but very spiritually astute man, um, I realized that I'd been given broken things by the things I'd observed in the church. So I had to realize that, one, first and foremost, what I had was not going to equip me to be successful for myself, my identity, who I was. And I think a lot of us in here, have a lot of business people in this room— you've obtained good and bad things, either from bosses that you've had or just witnessing and observing things. So I think getting to the core of having this baseline of good things, not great things, not bad things, but letting go of some of the the other stuff. And for me as a pastor, this is that moment where you really let God kind of pilfer through your things. You hold your hands out like, yeah, you don't need that. Yeah, you need this wow, you don't have this, let me put this person in your life to give you this, to really establish this character, this, this thing that's not going to be affected by those highs and lows, if you will. That way you can be successful. But then on the day that you're having a bad day, all of it doesn't fall apart. This is that foundation building moment. So for me, it was realizing that there were people in my life that I needed to take things from that i needed to spend time with and some of those were not i wasn't supposed to be them that's the first thing you realize you're not supposed to be those people there's an openness and intimacy of realizing the things you have and the things you don't and sharing that with other people in order to build yourself up and i don't think this happens enough i think you talk about the isolation. I feel like, especially in the business world, it feels like sometimes that you've got to go make your way, you've got to go do it yourself, and it just positions you not to have anybody around you. When you look at the rich and the famous, it is a very lonely place for many of those because they have so many people around them to help protect what they've got, help protect where they've got and they really can't open up and because there's a fear in them that if I do something wrong or if I give or open up to this one person, they're looking to tear me down so they can climb up over my dead body. And I, that's just what I see from celebrities a lot of times that they just look empty. They look lonely and there's no place for them, even in the moment of having all this stuff, to realize that they don't have everything and they need people in the corner that can still feed and speak life into them. It's okay to be open, but you have to have the right circle around you to help you be open and walk through some of these things you're going through.
1: Well, Nan, I think that there's a lot of power to that. And I love the way that you we're speaking into your faith and your your walk within the church. And I think this is where a lot of people, when they hear about Christianity, they might have that disdain or that like nasty taste in their mouth because of experiences they've had in that realm. And we even see this in the church world, quote unquote, um, all, all the time now is, is these pastors have gotten to a position, and this is for all of us to self-check. Have you been put into a position or have you put yourself into a position that has removed you from an area of core value necessity every single day where like this is just the expectation. And so I stay in the space of expectation of my identity, which then makes you perceivingly living a lie because you can't carry expectation to who you are every single day. It has to be that depth of wisdom. It has to be that depth of knowledge, has to have truth to the fact that you are simultaneously living in a high and a low. And that's literally what God was reminding me of this morning is like, There are so many people that from the outside looking in, you might think like everything is together. Everything is perfect. But I'm walking through a relational battle with multiple people in my life who have been battling addictions for decades. And they are people who are very critical and vital to my existence. At least I've put weight on them, right? And so does that weight then cast shame on their addiction? Or does it make me weak in the fact that I'm still leaning on them for love, right? And there's this is the conversation that happens in the quiet place, right? Between me and my husband or between me and God in my prayer life. And then when it's time for me to turn it on, just like these pastors or just like these rich and famous people, they have to step out with that huge smile on their face and the cameras are going and this is who I am. But why are we not, you know, fundamentally sharing both and? the high, low, the contradictory concept, Jeannie gave me this, thank you, right? To who we are every single day. Because I believe that is the truth of core values. It's the fact that when you go in as a leader, you can say like, this is where I'm at, this is where I'm at, this is where I'm struggling. I need your support. It's like Moses who needed Aaron and her to come alongside him when he was weak and tired to remain in his position to stay steadfast. And so the one thing that I want to speak to core values in this moment is the idea that Anthony brought to life, but in different words is the caught, not taught, right? We can teach our children every single day. contradictory ability to that it discredits everything that i just said everything that i just taught because they're going to pick up on my habits they're going to pick up on those words they're going to pick up on how i treated that person or i treated myself for that matter and so what do you think to that ant the whole caught not taught concept and the element of vulnerability in our core values in order for us to sustain our through line We have to be able to stand beneath it in the low and above it in the high, and still be integral. Integrity is a huge core value for me in that identity.
2: I think you know when we're kids, there's one thing that exists that kind of fades away. That and this may just be perceivably, but when we're kids, there's accountability there for all things that we do. When I was a kid, there was ultimate accountability with my parents being very religious people. So there was always the, you shouldn't do that. You're going to hell type conversations. But as you're talking about this, when you share things with your kids, there's an accountability to do it right or to learn or to get that space. And I think as we climb this mountain, when we get to the top, sometimes there's just not accountability there. I mean, if you look at the Southern Baptist Convention right now, That speaks volumes about the men in power and just the lack of accountability there was up there and what's happening and occurring in those spaces. You can turn on the TMZ every night and you can see just a genuine lack of accountability when you arrive to these places. And I think it's because you have to be grounded. I think, yes, integrity is huge with me being in the military. I was just talking to my daughter the other night about this um you know what's the definition of integrity at 13 she said doing the right thing when no one's looking and i said but it's also doing the right thing when someone is looking it is being such like you know who you are that it doesn't matter who's watching or who's not watching you you know it's right and you know it's right wrong and there was an accountability moment she did something at, and it wasn't this huge life-shattering thing at 13 but there was a moment of recognition say hey i'm gonna hold you accountable for this and i think all of us i've even seen you know big name pastors that have fallen that have made statements along the way like oh that person can't hold me accountable because their church is not as big as mine sometimes if we have a big business maybe it is somebody with a small business that's still grounded in an area we've lost touch with that can hold us accountable in those areas so i think we have to maintain that accountability it's something i i strive to have in my church and in my life no matter where you're at tamra you know that with your connection with with me and morgan that there is ultimate accountability there if you see me slipping there's been times that you drove to my house and effectively kicked the door in in a very nice way and said all right uh, pull your head out of your butt and let's go and it's been the same way with with morgan and i with you and gary and i think you have to have that accountability and it's we lose it from childhood to adulthood so many times when you need those voices in your life that can really sometimes shake you or lift you. I say, Morgan's my biggest accountability partner. She either lifts me when I need it or pulls me back when I need it.
1: It's such a a component of marriage, right? And marriage being in anything that we tie ourselves to. Uh, And I think of the concept of reaping and sowing as you're talking about with the accountability and with the people in our life, but also as you're teaching Emma, and knowing that what we are currently sowing in our lives, either with our children or personally, eventually there will be a harvest. And so is it bad fruit? Is it going to be something that it's going to take you actually more work to excavate and to take out and not be able to enjoy and have to do a whole nother season of reaping and sowing? And I don't know about you, but like I want to like see, I want to see the harvest. Everyone wants to get to that place. They want to get to the double portion. They want to see the ability of overflow. And yet when you ask them about the habits and we talk about habits connected to core values in this room a lot, but do we, do we actually talk about the element of core values associated to that? We might talk about habits of getting up in the morning and having your quiet time or having your workout time or any of these elements of reading and growing in knowledge and all of that. But, but why? Right? Not why? Because we want to be successful. Not why? Because we want to be rich and famous. But why is, is that piece of integrity? It's the fundamental foundation to going back to what we said at the beginning. Humility harmony, simplicity, peace, justice, love. I think this is where gratitude comes into play is that it doesn't have to be these grandiose experiences. It's the every single day building of our core values, which is the building of oneself. And so uh, I just wanna hear what you say about that, Anthony. And then I wanna tie the room together
2: with something. Well, the biggest one you said, and this was kind of in my head from the get-go. So integrity is one of those big ones, but humility, I think, is just as big in in my life. And I think, you know, from a God perspective, I think there's those times that we do need to be checked. And we would like to think that it's always going to be somebody above us that's going to check us in that parent mode. But I think the humility, if we maintain that in our persona and our character, then we're open to anyone holding us accountable. And it could be somebody alongside us or even somebody below us. So I think humility grounds us in a place of the why behind what we're doing. If it's in that space, if you you do get successful in the money uh, and the the fame, it all comes with it, then you're not driven by the money and the fame. You're driven by what you're going to do with the money and the fame. And I think that's the transition piece that so many falter and fail with when you lose that humility, when you lose the why behind what you've been called to do with this. And you get it, and it's like the keys to a brand new car, and you're gone. You just get too far ahead of this. But when you maintain that humility, then all that you have doesn't define who you are. It just it equips you to do more of who you are. And I think that's a big one with me, is that humility uh, connection piece. It connects you to who you're called to and, and what you're called for.
1: As you're saying that, I, it for some reason, eliminated the idea of filters, right? And a lot of people who can stand in perhaps their home and be one person and then stand in the corporate setting or on stage or anywhere else and be an entirely other person. And it's not to say that those strengths aren't important in different spaces, but also, like I was saying this entire time, the contradictory concept of the weaknesses also being a part of that. And a lot of people see humility, especially when it comes to being a man, it's not really exampled well, right? It, it's not really something that you see all the time. And so even as my my eight year old fighter, you know, is he's phenomenal at jujitsu. It's amazing to watch him win these matches after matches. But when he loses, as much as I can't wait to hold him and like just c- cuddle him and dry his eyes and remind him of the warrior spirit inside of him and his capability, it's also one of those self check moments, not just for him but for us as parents to to remind ourselves that like this is good. This is good that he's in this space. And so humility doesn't mean we all have to lose, but I think humility comes to um, the example. Uh, James one twenty two through 27 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and he goes away and at once he forgets what he was like but the one who looks at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. And so this really plays to everything that we were saying. It plays to humility. It plays to integrity. It plays to peace. And there's this massive question that was being brought to life just last night, just yesterday, um, with everything that transpired in Texas. And can someone grab that mic for me? Thank you guys. Um, what, everything that was happening in Texas and the, the question is why, right? And so I, I asked this already, like, why is it your core value? Why are things happening like this and happening from the lens in the hand of a child? Why is it happening in a place that's supposed to be protected and safe harbored? We can continually go back to why and try to figure out the mind. And I am a huge person of, of mental health and understanding where that comes from. But I think there's a deeper conversation of core value, the core value of the homes that we're nurturing the core value of humanity at large, the core value of government, the core value of educational systems. These are massive conversations that are taking place, but are we really going to the depths or are we just staying in the highlight reel, in the filter? And so I just wanna take the last couple of minutes before I let Anthony close us out in prayer to just have a moment of silence And in this moment of silence, for you to have a moment to reflect on your core values, not the core values of your company, the core value of your humanity, the core value of who you are. What are you walking out every day? What words are coming out of of your mouth? Are they in integrity associated to your core value? What's being caught by your actions? What is it And who is it that you are idolizing that might be out of alignment with where you truly want to go? To me, the rich and the famous, that's not exciting. It feels overwhelming. It feels hard because I've seen people in that space and what they've done in taking their own lives and with the precious lives that were taken yesterday. Can we reflect and activate, can we reflect? and get humble with ourselves that these situations are something that can transpire in our own backyard and maybe texas is your backyard so as i pro- play just a little bit of music some soaking music can we just partner with the love and peace and comfort that we want to send to those families and in a contradictory concept to what is normal what about the family of the child who decided to do this? Can we send love to his mom and his dad and to his grandpa and to his cousins and to the people who are now going to potentially walk around in shame? I don't want anyone associated to the situation to have to leave their core value because of an action that they could or couldn't have helped God, we just give you this time for the next minute. Anthony, can I give you the space to close us in prayer?
2: Yes. I wanna finish with this one thought. You know, rich and famous are adjectives. And the problem is we allow them to become titles. When Jesus talked to the rich young ruler, what he was doing, he said, who are you? And can you walk away from all that you've earned, all the things you've become? Can you lay down your titles and follow me? And I think that's what we have to realize today is adjectives are not our goal. Yes, they can describe us in our path, but when they become our titles, when they become the definitive of who we are, then we've lost who we were. Check the titles that you have in your life that that have been adjectives at one season, that adjectives that you've even strived to be. And don't let those be your identity. Don't let those be your definitive who you are. Who you are lies somewhere underneath that. So I just want to pray over that today. Maybe someone's just in that process of beginning to thinking. Don't ever become an adjective. Father, we thank you today for this opening of our minds, this um As we lay out the life that we've led up to this point and what lies ahead, we pray that you would just remove the things that don't need to be there and replace them with the things that we need. Father, let us chase after being a better person, of being that humble, integrous person that can really walk into atmospheres and situations and change the temperature of the room. That in moments like this in Texas, that we can stand up and not be driven by an agenda one way or the other, but we can be the voice of love and grace and mercy in the same way that you were when you walked on this earth. We pray that you would just connect us with more people like the, those in this room today to help us be held accountable, to help us be lifted up when needed, but also to be uh, pulled back when needed as well, that you can open our eyes to the moments of growing and the moments of letting go so that we could, as a people, begin to make waves and make changes in the world around us for your good. Thank you, Lord, for this moment. Thank you for the people we've been able to share it with. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.